I used to be like, oh my God, you're so stupid. Like you don't deserve to be in business. This person doesn't like your stuff. And now it's just kind of like, okay, well, <laughs> let's mm. eliminate that kind of negative feed talk and take this for what it's worth and really try and understand from the perspective, like what is the issue? What can I do better? Hello, you are listening to the High Performance Nursing Podcast with me, Liam Caswell, where I help clinicians just like you take control of their careers and remove all the things stopping you from achieving your biggest goals. Let's dive in. Hello and welcome back to the High Performance Nursing. It is so good to have you all here. Thank you so much for your time. Today we have got an amazing international guest, Katie Harris. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. I'm so, so excited. Remind me, where are you based in the US? I am out of Philadelphia. Amazing. Never been. We'll have to come visit you at some point for sure. <laughs> Before we do that, let's introduce Katie. So Katie, I feel like this bio is very short for all of the amazing things that you've done, but I'll let you tell us more about your amazing work. So Katie is known as a nursepreneur mentor. I love the word nursepreneur, who has inspired thousands of nurses to start businesses. She helps nurses find their passion and build a business around it through courses, coaching, and inspiring stories of nurses who have forged this path. Amazing. Not only that, you have a PhD, you're a doctor of nursing, and you have an MBA, you're an RN. So I would love to first of all, dive in and explore your nursing career up until this point, because high performance nursing is all about helping nurses see that where you start doesn't necessarily dictate where you end. And it also helps people see what is possible within their career. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about your journey. Well, to I this would point. say it's good that, you know, where you begin isn't where you end up because I was like the, probably the goofiest nurse, you know, just this tall redhead wearing glasses, you know, awkward and like whatever, maybe <laughs> weighed a hundred pounds soaking wet at the time. That has all changed. <laughs> but, yeah. So I started out in a small town in Texas and really just kind of spent a couple of years down there. You know, I've been in Philadelphia my whole life and I just so happened to graduate in 1996 which was the time there was like a three or four year period where there was a surplus in nursing. And the surplus was so bad that the hospitals in my area, they weren't hiring the nursing homes. They weren't hiring. Like nobody mm. was hiring the wow. hospital even paid for the education. And then this might be uh, novel to your listeners, but you know, we pay for education in the United States and it's extremely expensive. So mm -hmm. the hospitals paid for those nurses so they would come work for them. And in 96, they're like, you know what? Forget it. Just thanks a lot. <laughs> yeah, well. so, yeah, it was such a surplus. And I was like, oh, my goodness. And at the time, I was living with my parents. And they're like, every day I'd come home. And they're like, what did you try? Uh, University of Pennsylvania, which is the biggest hospital system in our entire city. And I'm like, dad, stop. Like, just stop. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody wants to get out of this house more than I do. <laughs> Trust me. <laughs> So, and actually I'd just come back from a tour of Australia. It's been six months in Australia right after I graduated and came back to this nest. So I should have stayed there longer. Yeah. And yeah, so I started applying all over the country just so I could get out of my parents' house and start living a real life and found this little tiny hospital down in Texas and they were paying big bonuses at the time. It was like $1,500 for me to move down mm. there. It basically cost me $1,500 to move down. <laughs> That's where it went. But yeah, I started on the neuro floor at nights and uh, that kind of defined my career. It was like 
Mm-hmm. One of those things I always said I was never going to do. I was never going to work neuro and I was like, never going to work night shift. And of course, the universe was like, yeah, we'll see about that. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> let's test you. Yeah, let's test it out. So then I moved up to Houston. And of course, the only opening was neuro ICU. So I went there. Then I came back to Philly. The only opening at that time was neuro ICU. So I went there. Then I decided to go agency. And the only opening was neuro ICU. <laughs> <laughs> it's a sign from yeah. the universe. <laughs> there is no getting out of neuro. Once you've been in a neuro unit, you're like pegged for life. <laughs> so, and I think it's because nurses don't like the neuro unit. It's, you know, it is kind of scary. You learn intuitively mm. and that's not always, it's not black and white. It's something that's very experienced. Um, mm. But yeah, so then I went and got my nurse practitioner degree. Well, I, that's not true. I got my MBA first because I had these delusions of grandeur and I thought I was going to like learn like, 20 languages and rule the world or something. I don't know what the thought process was there, but whatever it was, I needed the MBA to achieve that. And as soon as I was done, it was like, well, what am I going to do with this MBA? Because at the time I was making really good money as an agency nurse and it was like $50 an hour, which is still like a lot of money today for, you know, new nurses to be making. And the thought of getting an entry level job in corporate America as a I don't even know what, just because I have mm-hmm. my MBA, I'm like, there's no way I'm doing that. So turned around, went to nurse practitioner school and neurosurgery was hiring when I was done. So of course I started with neurosurgery, then went on to get my PhD and I just couldn't stop getting degrees. So I just kept <laughs> thinking something that eventually would happen if I got enough degrees. So yeah, I think that's a common belief. I definitely had the same belief. Like I don't have a PhD or an MBA, but I did the master's in health management and international public health, and then got a dare to lead Brene Brown certificate and all of the things. And we kind of joke about it here, high performance nursing, that certificate collection is good, but there's also like an undercurrent. There's a reason why maybe you're collecting the certificates, <laughs> trying to find like your way out of a situation, or maybe you just love learning. I could be looking into that a little bit too much. But now you use all of that experience, and I'm sure the MBA becomes very helpful, or you tell me if it is or not, in the work that you do today in nursepreneurs. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know that the MBA, because the MBA is there for, you know, to help you climb the corporate ladder and corporate Mm. ladder and startup is completely different. You know, I don't need a 50 page like business plan to run a startup because I have no cause, like (laughs) no Mm. revenue coming in. There's no way to predict how much revenue is going to come in when you're starting, especially in info products or influencer or whatever. It's just, it's very, very hard to predict something like that. So I can't say that I got too much out of the MBA, Mm. but... Yeah, I mean, and even the PH, yeah, I don't think any of the degrees helped, to be honest, because I, I feel like mm. I got like a street MBA or something when I started the startup and realized that I had no idea how to do like anything for that matter. Yeah, it's interesting for people to hear that because I think a lot of people have a concept, like a, a misconception, or they believe that an MBA will fix their problems, right? And I know on your website and in your marketing, you talk about that, that you don't necessarily need all of these things, yet we all strive to have them. Um, so I think that might be reassuring for people listening that are thinking about nursepreneurship that you don't need it. And I would agree that it's more, you just got to get into it. Yeah. You just got to get in and find the coaches and the mentors in the space that have already done it, like yourself, to then be able to build and grow and move towards that. Right. And it really comes down to, can you solve somebody's problem? Like, does anybody care that Bill Gates never finished college? No, he's still buying Microsoft. <laughs> like, he's still a trillionaire or whatever he is now. And it's the same with coaching and all these other things that we do. Actually, it, it was ironic because when I first started, there was another nurse who was, you know, going on the business path as well. And I was like, oh, you know, this is great. 
blah, 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 whatever. We could, you know, share resources or whatever. And she ended up opening an IV hydration business. This is really, really early on in this kind of craze. And she was an associate's degree nurse, which in the U.S. we have like licensed practical nurses, associate's degree, then the RN, and then master's, whatever. So she was an associate's degree nurse. And here I was, a PhD with an MBA and all these master's degrees. And she just skyrocketed her business within like months. Mm. And I was still like over here twiddling my thumbs, you know, trying to make something happen. And, you know, I kept saying like, I am a smart human being. <laughs> I have way more education. Like, what is the problem here? Yeah. Like, I should be blowing her out of the water. And yet I'm completely humbled by this mm -hmm. experience because she knew exactly what it was that she wanted to do. And, you know, no matter what kind of barriers jumped up out of her, she just blew through them because she, mm -hmm. wanted what she, wanted. she knew what she wanted. And at the time, I didn't really know what I was doing or what I really wanted. Yeah, that's such a good message, like of self-belief and like coherence, like when you just know and you just move towards that, you know, nothing will stop you. You won't let anything stop you. And I guess that's what you're doing now in Nursepreneurs and, you know, you're doing amazing work in that space. So tell us a little bit more about Nursepreneurs and how you came about that idea. Yeah. So, I mean, at the time, again, I was starting, it was a business in blogging and then it was a business, you know, I had started my own IV hydration before, you know, she had come on the scene and decided it wasn't going to work. And then I just did like direct primary care. And then I did transitional care. I did all these different things and some of them worked and a lot of them didn't. But then I also was helping other people kind of muddle through what it was they were doing. But one mm. of the things that I really felt like I was missing was just one, I felt like I needed permission to start the business because I, I, you know, looking around in my little bubble space, I was like, oh, no, nurses actually own businesses. Like I'll be the first, which is really just dumb thing to think. <laughs> but at the same time, when I started finding them, I was like, oh, let me interview them. And that's how my podcast started because I wanted to collect all those stories about nurses and what businesses they were in and what could I actually do? What could mm -hmm. I support here? So, you know, that's where that came out of but it helps to start to find the business. And it's like, well, no, I can set up a business. So like, that's easy. I've done that like a hundred times. Mm -hmm. Some of the things that the nurses started asking me to do was to start up, you know, where do I get legal information? How do I do this? How do I do that? How do I set up a business plan and all of that stuff? You know, for me, it's pretty straightforward. Like we could set up a business in an hour if you wanted to, like not that hard. It's the, you know, everything that comes afterwards, but that's where I started and just helping the nurses to do those types of things. Yeah, I love that. And you mentioned this there, but I'm curious how important failure has been on the journey to where you are today, because I think a lot of us clinically were taught that we're never allowed to fail. <laughs> like we're taught that at university and we're taught that it's, you know, human error. There's no room for that, but it's obviously not part of the human experience where we are going to fail. We're going to make mistakes. I think cognitively as a coach, I always see it come up and it impacts people's confidence and it stops them from moving forward. So how important do you think failure is, especially when you're a nursepreneur? Yeah, no, I, I definitely have had, oh my gosh, yeah, <laughs> I mean, 90% of it's been a failure, but uh, you know, the rest of it's been good. But even when I started Nursepreneurs, it was literally like the seventh or eighth business that I started. And my brother one day was like, well, I wonder how long this one will last now. And I was it really pissed me off. Like, it was really annoying. Mm. It was a jerk thing to say, but it was also like one of those things where you know, he became that evil villain for me. You know, I love my mm -hmm. brother, but, uh, you know, and I was like, well, I'm going to show him. 
And I didn't let up this time because I think every other time it was just kind of like, you know, I'd get to a certain point and then just you hit a, an obstacle and it's like, eh, I guess it's not going to mm. work. Like IV hydration is not going to work. <laughs> I mean, that's, mm. that's just dull. Like clearly it works. I was like 10 years before everybody else. And I even bought like brochures. I bought 10,000 brochures. And I don't know if you know what 10,000 brochures looks like when it shows up at your house, but <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> like literally the whole sidewalk was taken up with these boxes and boxes and boxes. And uh, I managed to hand out like 50 of them before, you know, I was mm. like, oh, this isn't going to work. Nobody called me. Well, that's just dumb. You know, that's lacking perseverance. It's lacking mm. any kind of strategy or plan or you know, just even belief that it could be done. Mm, yeah. And I've heard you say a couple of times, and I, I believe this to be true as well, is just that consistency is the key. Like that consistency, that perseverance and the self-belief, I think is what you mentioned, is so critical to being able to build a business because it's not always just about showing up and doing it once or twice. It's, it is about that continuous effort, right? I mean, I was kind of having a giggle and you've probably got many more posts than me online, but I was looking at my Instagram and I was like, oh my God, I've put out nearly 800 pieces of content. Like, it's pretty phenomenal when you look at that and you're like, and I run a story that I'm not consistent enough. And I'm like, Liam, come on, stop that crap. <laughs> like, come on, that's not serving you at all because there's evidence to prove it, you know, it different. So consistency is so important in this work because there's days, right, where you don't feel like you're going to make it. There's days yeah. where you have no belief. What for you gets you through those days? Usually it's like a timely email where somebody sends me an email and they're like, you know, thank you so much. This has been so helpful. You've changed things for me. And I like, mm -hmm. I feel like those emails, they don't come every day, but they come at a time when it matters. And maybe that's the universe again, sending me something, but you know, a, a token, but it really, really helps to get something nice. Mm -hmm. Cause you know, as a business owner, you also get some things that are not so nice to deal with. And you know, those for me, they're lessons to learn and I take mm -hmm. all that stuff very seriously. So if somebody's unhappy or complaining about something, you know, I, I don't take it to heart anymore. Like I used to be like, oh my God, you're so stupid. Like you don't deserve to be in business. This person doesn't like your stuff. And now I'm just kind of like, okay, well, let's mm. eliminate that kind of negative feed talk and like take this for what it's worth and really try and understand from the perspective, like what is the issue? What is, what can I do better? Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. There's always a lesson to be learned. Hey, and it's separating those stories from the facts. Mm -hmm. Like that's what I love looking at. We talk about that a lot here. So talk to us about nursepreneurs because there's lots of amazing different things that you offer with the nursepreneurs. Tell us a little bit more about that because everything that you offer in there are areas of growth and there are areas where nurses can tap into and set up their own business within like 60 to 90 days, be making money, and like recreating what it is to be a nurse. I think it's so exciting. Tell us a bit more about that. Didn't land a graduate program this year? I know that it can be overwhelming and feel like you've wasted your time and effort up until this point. All of those hours and you're thinking where to next. Have no fear, my friends. RGCLP round two is here. Our graduate career launch program will help you land your first nursing role. It's 100% guaranteed. Get all of the comprehensive support that you need to apply, interview, and land your first nursing role. Many of you listening are thinking, but I've just got to settle for anything. I can't be fussy now. And we do not agree. Come and join us in the GCLP and we will show you how to create your first dream role in a specialty that you want to work in. If that sounds like you, 
Book a call with me to explore this further. Spaces are limited and we'd love to help get you into your first nursing role. It's totally possible for you. Yeah, I mean, it, it's definitely a place where I wanted people to come, nurses to come and reimagine what it is they could do. So one of the things that I saw was nurses after 20, 30 years of working bedside or maybe middle management or whatever, and myself included, it's kind of like, all right, well, what do I have to show for myself? Because I've been putting out fires for 20 years for neurosurgery. And, you know, I can never in an academic institution, at least, or the one I was in, maybe it's different elsewhere, but I can never rank higher than the lowest man on the totem mm-hmm. pole in the medical hierarchy. Right. So I always had to report in and out to the intern. And, you know, I was kind of like with all my degrees, I'm like, well, it sounds special. I shouldn't have to, you know, report in and out to the the intern, Mm. but that's just the way it is. That's the system. And, you know, that caused a lot of like just frustration and irritation for me. And, you know, when I got into a big fight with my one of my attendings, cursed him off. And I'm like the last person in the world. I'm like, you're the unique, mild person that doesn't curse anybody off, but cursed him mm. off. And, you know, I got sent home and was suspended for several days, had to go to anger management class. But, you know, in those in that time frame, you know, I'm sitting there thinking, what are you doing? Like, where are you going? Mm-hmm. And if you leave tomorrow, like when I came back to the unit after three days, Nobody had even noticed that I was gone. They're like, oh, hey, what's mm. up? I'm like, I've been out for three days and nobody yeah. noticed. Like, not one person noticed that I had been out. They just assumed that I was somewhere else or it didn't matter. Like, that's the part that mm. bothered me more than anything. Like in my home, I'm thinking, oh my God, the place is going to fall apart. Yeah, I had this like whole like fantasy thing going on that they'd be calling me, begging me to come back or something. And nope, didn't even notice. Mm-hmm. So then it was kind of like, well what am I doing? (laughs) Where am I going with this? And I needed something else. I needed to be able to expand and do something that left some sort of legacy. And that's what I saw with other nurses as well. You know, here they are 20, 30 years walking away or retiring or going to be a barista at Starbucks or whatever. And they're taking all that experience and expertise. I mean, I was trained basically to be a neurosurgeon and I could never have the respect or the money of the neurosurgeon. I did the OR, I did outpatient, ED, mm. ICU, anything the neurosurgeon could do, I could do as well because um, mm. they trained me to do that. But you can never have the money or respect that came along with it. And that's what gets really frustrating. So to mm. you know leave for three days and come back and find out that your, your presence wasn't even missed was like really depressing. And I, I needed a space to grow and I saw other nurses that needed it as well. So that was the foundation of creating a community was the most important part for me. Yeah, amazing. I think that a lot of us take that lived experience, especially in the nursepreneurship space, right? And then want to create a space where people can come and see what is possible. I think for me, I hit a similar brick wall where I was like, what am I doing? I for sure I could be the director of nursing. I could keep climbing, but then what? You know, and I could see that even at those levels, I couldn't have the impact that I wanted to have in the system. So, you know, just creating that space for ourselves and then being able to do it outside, we just increase our impact, right? And now I'm looking, doing a bit of research earlier about your work and like you've been to over 100 countries. Like I'm sure you probably have people all over America, like all over the world that you work with. What's that been like for you? Like knowing that, you know, like from floor, amazing clinician on the floor to doing all this amazing work with people all over the world? 
Yeah, no, it's been fun. And it's been the dream that I wanted because I wanted to learn and grow and, and, and meet people. And even though I'm very introverted, like I like small groups, I just don't want to, you know, <laughs> get on stage, like Tony Robbins stage or something like yeah. that. <laughs> a nightmare for me. But, you know, just meeting people on a one on one basis or very small. I mean, it has been a lot of fun. And two years ago, I guess it was, I had a nurse out in Kenya and my son, who was eight at the time, I took him over with me and we met up with her and I Nairobi and, and went through her hospital system and you know all the things that she was doing. Wow. So was, I mean, that kind of stuff is a lot of fun. And I have a, another mm. nurse out in Bali who keeps asking me to come out you know, to do detox and, and whatnot. So yeah, no, it's been really exciting. <laughs> Amazing. Hey, it's so funny when you think about like what is possible within your nursing career and we're so limited by what the system presents to us. I think that it's just super inspiring the work that you do. So thank you for doing all of that. Yeah. Tell us a little bit more about the different areas of growth that you focus on within nursepreneurship and nursepreneurs and what that looks like. So if somebody was thinking of setting up a business, we have a lot of American listeners, but we have people all over the world. What does that look like? And what, what do you offer at the moment? Well, I mean, there's, so there's the growth that I've kind of been through, which has been, of course, more business courses, more marketing courses and, and understanding all that kind of stuff. But there comes a point in your business where you keep hitting blocks, you know, different types of blocks that I don't know, prevent you from moving forward. And I mean, it could be stuff that, you know, at the time I thought was ridiculous, like, you know, some childhood thing that I made up mm. uh, is sticking with me for the last 30 plus years or whatever. And is preventing me from moving my business because I, and I'll give you an example as was my Facebook group. So I was in a mastermind and uh, one of the guys was like, you need to start a Facebook group. And I was like, oh yeah, yeah. And he's like, no, really, you need to start a Facebook group, like, you know, whatever. And I'm like, Okay, so I was so nervous to start this Facebook group. And it all goes back to when I finally like dug down into it. When I was like in the seventh grade, I had a party and invited people and like nobody showed up and it was devastating. Mm -hmm. So here I am worried about this stupid Facebook group. But if I start a Facebook group and nobody shows up, <laughs> I'm going to like cry. Like this was really my block. This is this was my huge biggest worries that nobody would show up or if they did show up, mm -hmm. then I'd have to like they would expect something me to give them something or, you know, it was just a weird thing. So mm -hmm. I've come across that again and again and again. So I've been through all kinds of different, you know, soul searching type of stuff and, and mm -hmm. you know, alternative therapies, let's say. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, for the nurse for nurse, I mean, we don't offer like alternative uh, therapies. <laughs> I certainly know people, but anyway, you know, we really focus on putting the business together the right way. The first time I get a lot of nurses that'll come and say, Oh, I have a website. And I'm like, Oh, that's great. What's your business about? And they're like, I don't know. That's what I want you to help me with. And I'm like, but <laughs> what's on your website? <laughs> like, I don't understand. <laughs> so, and then when we kind of talk about like the way that it needs to be handled, they're like, Oh, you know, so we do a lot of that kind of stuff, like really basic, you know, this is what you need to have in place before we can move forward with marketing and, and Facebook ads and this, that, and mm -hmm. the other stuff. So yeah, that's a big part of it. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. There's so many gaps, right? Like we're amazing clinicians and this is what we find as we build our career clinically and non-clinically is that we come across all these blocks, right? That then stop people, keep them stuck. So I'm really glad you mentioned that because that is where 
the woo-woo stuff comes in and the alternative stuff, but also coaching and mentorship and finding those people that can really help you move through them. And often it is just right. It's just a self-limiting belief or a story that you've held on to for so long. And yeah, we can move through that and then just smash the next level of goals until the next block comes up for sure. In terms of the growth areas in nursepreneurship, I know you guys do IV hydration, you do clinical research associates. I think that's a US thing. I think we have those here, but I'm not overly sure if we do. What else do we do? Chronic care. I'm going to butcher it, Katie, so you're going to have to help me. (laughs) (laughs) The chronic care management is a Medicare program. So, you know, our uh, government supported insurance for mm. our elderly pe- population. So anyway, they, you know, it, it's silly things like they found if you actually talk to the patient, you know, their outcomes are better. So it's <laughs> shocking <Funny> research. <laughs> 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 um, so yeah, so we have a whole program that outsources that for primary care is because they don't actually talk to the patient, which is disturbing. And it's very, very, very effective. Then we have like staffing agencies because mm-hmm. you know, nurses want to start staffing agencies and, and really it goes into like how to become your own independent single member staffing agency which is kind of mm-hmm. a really exciting idea and something i wish i thought about because i gave half all that money that i worked agency to the agency <laughs> and making it not going to be yeah. my first real big business was just outsourcing myself and then what we call concierge nursing which is basically mm-hmm. post-operative care for especially in particular the same day surgeries and content writing is another big one. And then yeah, then I have we have a category of coaching that we call impact where if they don't fit nice and neatly into a business in a box, they don't want to do content right. writing, they don't want to do these other things. We pair them up with nurses to help them to achieve whatever it is their their goals are. Because a lot of nurses want to go into like IT consulting or, you know, mm-hmm. high level consulting, C suite consulting, that kind of stuff. And that doesn't fit as nice and neatly into a box. Mm, yeah, amazing. I love all of that. Wait, I'm curious, what are you noticing is kind of the most common theme that people are leaning towards? Or is it kind of pretty general across the board? I mean, people love the IV hydration. They really mm-hmm. gravitate towards that. And my thought process there is that they can, you know, maybe they saw somebody putting an IV in and they start doing what we call fantasy math, where they're like, oh, that person just made $200. Multiply that by, you know, 10. And if I did 10 a day, that's 2000 a day times 30 days. Yeah. I'm making like, you know, $100,000 a month and, and that kind of stuff. And it takes it doesn't take into account anything that has to do with expenses or, and that's the sticker shock when they come in and they're like, I you know, I have to hire a lawyer. You got to hire a lawyer. You need mm. a medical director. You need to buy supplies. You need to buy equipment. You need to rent a room. Mm. Like all of this stuff is, is very expensive. And think that the general theme that I get is they don't appreciate how expensive everything's going to be in the beginning. Um, mm. And then it, it'll teeter out. And then maybe a year or two from there, you'll start uh, generating decent income that can replace your nursing income if you want it. But it's a lot of work to get to that point. Yeah, I think we're all waiting for that overnight success. Hey, like it's um, it's just going to happen. And yeah, it doesn't work like that, unfortunately. I love that idea of fantasy math. I really like that concept. because we all do it i think i think we're all guilty of doing that um like, and then the real uh, you know a thousand bit people to sign up for a thousand dollars that's a million and then, yeah, yeah easy yeah easy. <laughs> that's so interesting because it does add up even just running something online with a couple of people in my business is expensive every month but i look at it and it's interesting because i think and i'd be curious to know what your thoughts are about this i think as nurses we have a lot of money blocks i know that i do i have money blocks about 
income and like what is possible and I'm holding myself by all of the things. And now, of course, we see that when people are like, I really want to make a business happen, but I can't, I don't want to pay the money. And it's like, how much was your college degree? <laughs> how much was that? And like, do you know what I mean? Like the investment short term is more than worth it, is the advice I would give personally. What would you say to those people that are like, that's too much, I can't? I mean, the question is always compared to what, right? Mm -hmm. And I think some of that comes down to a belief that it can actually be done, that you can do it. Because if you, you you know, you want somebody just to hand you a business that's just going to generate money. It's not going to happen, right? You actually have to go through the motion to do it. You have to get over all the obstacles and the hurdles that are placed in your way. And then you have to believe that it's doable. So something like coaching, you know, those mm. nurses that start out and they're like, oh, I'm just going to put a, a shingle out. Like you said, like online businesses, even though it seems like there's zero overhead, they're very expensive to operate. Mm. Um, mm you know, that piece of it is really, really difficult. So yeah, I don't think I answered mm. the question, but. No, 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 you did. Yeah, for sure. No, it's, it is all about belief and it's all about compared to, I was chatting to an international nurse here in Australia and it costs, I think it's less than it is in the US, but it's 50,000 for her degree as an international. And we were chatting about one of our programs and she was like, oh, I can't, it's too expensive. <laughs> and, and I was like, okay, compared to your 50 grand degree that you now have no job, like, tell me more like it's so curious and obviously we never you know there's never pressure or anything like that but it's so interesting what our brain offers us when we really want something but we let like 100 bucks get in our way <laughs> like really you wouldn't think of it like if you went to the restaurant you wouldn't even think of it you just spend the 100 bucks <laughs> right right or you know after talking to like you know i've had the same conversation people say it's too expensive and that you know they're out buying like with baton shoes yep. or something for like the same amount of money and like okay <laughs> yes priorities people investment in yourself in your brain is always the first thing that i think like that's what i've taken away from this entrepreneurship journey is just keep investing in your brain you know it's yes. always going to be worth it and your roi is always going to be 10x like always you've always got it that louis vuitton bag is going to go out of style <laughs> at some point for sure okay. <laughs> <laughs> i'm curious for you you've mentioned this a few times but how important mentorship and coaching has been on your journey to oh get here because i think there's a lot of people that think that you can do this alone that there's you know there's i'm resilient i've got all the things i can do this myself Tell us about your journey with that. Yeah. I, I mean, I had a hard time accepting help in the beginning, but in the first couple of businesses and they went nowhere. And, and I remember there was this one course, you know, I had decided that I was going to start a blog business and there was this one course that I wanted to take and it was online. My brother was like, wow, you can get all that information on the web for free. And I was like, well, yeah, um, but it's not organized and I don't know what's important mm. and I can get it off the web before free, except the last couple of times that I've tried to start a business for free, I've gotten nowhere. So, mm. <laughs> so, you know, like I just spinning my wheels. So I ended up buying that course and, you know, that just kind of led me down the rabbit hole of, Oh my God, there's online courses I can take. And it was pretty exciting for me. So I've literally spent a couple hundred thousand dollars on mm -hmm. courses. And I mean, my last mentor who I'm still with, I mean, he's 30 grand a year, which, you know, when, when I first started, I would have been like, what kind of crazy coat play, you know, pays $30,000 for a coach. Um, mm. And it's not even one-on-one. -on -one. It's like we have group coaching, like we meet with him three yeah. times a year and that's it. And, but he has introduced me to people that I never would have met without mm. him that are serious in business and have changed 
my business completely. So mm. yeah, way it, more than 30,000 back in, in totally that I generated by partnering up with people in his network. It's that short-term thinking again, hey, isn't it? It's like, oh, well, I could spend that 30K on a couple of Louis Vuitton bags, or I could you know, double my income over the next couple of years. I could triple my income and increase my take-home and build the life that you want. And I think that's what maybe nurses, correct me if I'm wrong in your experience, but I think that's what nurses maybe struggle with is seeing that it is possible. I know for me coming into nursepreneurship, I'm like, hold on, I can surpass my nursing salary and some, <laughs> and I can like your income becomes uncapped, right? Your income and your impact. What's it been like for you navigating that? Like, cause building like six figure, seven figure business, what's that like as a nurse to go from the floor to building that and creating the life that you've always dreamt of? Yeah. I mean, it, it and it's definitely been gradual. So I, as nurses, particularly in the United States, maybe you guys have the same phenomena, but you know, I used to collect jobs. I was like a job junkie. I'm always checking the job board, like what's the new job, new job. And I never gave up jobs. I just kept collecting jobs. So of course, like, you know, when I decided to start the business, I'm like, it's basically another job and you know, I'm not going to give anything up. So I, I mean, I struggled for a long time because, uh, you know, the business when it first starts doesn't make any money. So I, work these other jobs to make money, but then I never had time to work on the business. So it's like this catch 22. So I started to shed some jobs here and there and, you know, slowly building up one stuff. But I also hid a lot inside my business and, you know, pretended to be working on things that weren't really moving the needle in my business or putting me in the forefront in any way, shape or form. Yeah. I spent a lot of time wasted doing that, but I mean, that just being persistent with it is eventually what paid off. I can't believe it. So Katie, for people that are listening to the podcast and are thinking about setting up their own nursing business in whatever realm that might be, what would be the kind of top tips that you would share with them to get them kick-started and moving forward? One of the first things that I would do, and this is regardless if you're doing kind of the business in a box model or if you're doing something more complex, is really focus on the problem that needs to be solved. Because so many times we jump out there and say, oh, look, that person's got a neat med spa business. I want to copy what she's doing because she's obviously successful and blah, 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 without realizing that, you know, stuff is, varies from location to location. And sometimes it's personality-based, the reason that people come in and that's successful. So you have to really mm -hmm. look at what problem it is that you're trying to solve. For IV hydration in particular, you know, let's say, you know, you want to solve the problem. Of, let's take the an example of like bodybuilding, right? They mm -hmm. want to supplement their athletic performance. And, you know, you could offer them IV hydration with a bodybuilding formula that enhances muscle development and all these things. And then you can add other features to it. But you're solving the first problem first is that mm -hmm. they want to bulk up and they want to be stronger. So you can offer that service to solve that problem. As opposed to just saying, um, you know, I'm just going to open IV hydration and, and then help people come in. You have to know your audience. You have to know what it is that they want and what they're going to spend money on. The other thing mm -hmm. we see quite a lot is nurses who want to help like the homeless people, which is it's great. And I'm not saying don't do it. Definitely yep. do it. It's just that your money is going to come from a different place. Your audience is not mm -hmm. the homeless people. They might be the recipients, but the audience is actually, I don't know, people that maybe... That would give money to a fundraiser, right? So wealthy mm. people that are looking for a tax advantage. So now you have to appeal to wealthy people that need a tax advantage. What is it that they want? So you're not focused on the homeless people in your audience. You're solving a, a tax problem for very wealthy people who want to get rid of their money and they don't want to give it to the mm. government, right? 
that that's a much mm-hmm. different problem than, you know, how do I help this homeless person? Um, mm-hmm. So just really knowing what it is that the problem is and who's actually paying for the solution and, you know, wh- why is it that they would pay this money? Like, and really just test it on yourself and friends and, and just talk about it and, you know, see what kind of response you get. And you'll know yeah. when you have a good idea because people are like, ooh. You know, yeah, when, yeah, when that's such good advice. <laughs> yeah, can I pay in advance? That's such good <laughs> advice. Find a problem and and solve it, and then explore and just test it before you dive in. Yeah, such good advice. What's next for Kitty Harris and entrepreneurs? What are you guys working on? Unfortunately, we had some technical difficulties with internet on my end here in Australia. Bloody Australian internet whilst I was chatting to the amazing Katie. So hence the abrupt finish. However, it was just too good to not put out for you guys. If you want to connect with Katie, and you must, please go and follow all of her socials all across Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, all of the places. All of the links are in the show notes. The work that Katie does is phenomenal, and she is a trailblazer in the industry. A couple of things for you here. She's at nursepreneurs.com got an amazing website. You can see all about her programs, her courses, her coaching, the community. Go and check it all out. It's very inspirational and there's heaps of resources there to help you if you're thinking of starting off a business. Whether you're here in Australia or globally, Katie can help you. The other thing to check out is her Instagram, nurse underscore preneur. And that's Katie Harris from Nursepreneurs. Katie, thank you so much for your time. It was an absolute pleasure. I can't wait one day to meet you in person and to be part of the Nursepreneurship community. But until then, everybody stay safe and stay forever curious. And we'll see you in the next episode. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast, you have to come and check out our High Performance Nursing Membership, my monthly coaching program where we take what we teach in this podcast and we take it to the next level to help you thrive as a high performance human and a nurse. Join us at liamcaswell.com forward slash HPNM. I would love to see you in there. I'll see you in coaching.